This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. And welcome to Coffee House Shots. I'm Lucy Dunn and I'm joined today by James Kirkup and Kate Andrews. So the big story of the week has been the junior doctor strikes. Junior doctors in NHS England have undertaken an unprecedented 96 hours of strike action over pay disputes. James, can you tell us a little more about what exactly has been going on this week? So this week we've got junior doctors um, who aren't all very junior. Everybody below consultant uh, have walked out of work for uh, four days, which people who run hospitals and the NHS will tell you is an incredibly inconveniently timed strike because the NHS is just trying to cope with the bank holiday weekend when people get sick and ill and don't go for treatment. And so normally the week after a bank holiday is very busy. So um, the strikes have been timed for maximum disruption of uh, of the health service. So um, fairly bare knuckle tactics from from junior junior division of the BMA. And Kate, yesterday we saw the nursing unions reject the government's pay offer um, that had been been offered to them after they'd gone out and strike. Do you think seeing junior doctors striking for a thirty five percent pay restoration has any impact on this? So could joint nursing and doctor strikes for example be on the horizon what what's the fallout it is suspected that uh, the royal college of nurses and the british medical association and their members may team up to do some kind of joint strike that could prove utterly disastrous for the nhs for waiting times for cancelled operations that would be like nothing we've seen yet um, and it is possible that the current strike has had some impact although there has been a lot of speculation for some time now, before these before these junior doctor strikes, that, that the nurses might reject the pay deal, which was a permanent 5% pay raise from April and a one-off COVID bonus of, of 4%. You know, what you hear constantly from, from members is, is that they want something in line with inflation, and that is something that the government has simply ruled out. The government is insistent that the rate of inflation is going to fall to under 4% by the end of the year, and they don't want to give double-digit pay increases. And then, I mean, of course, there's these question of what can actually be afforded as well. This is not uh, an economy in which it's easy to borrow and spend money. So, you know, it's a, certainly a gamble that the nurses are taking in the sense that they, they may decide to engage in industrial action again and, and come back and find that the government isn't willing to budge. I think the next round of inflation data, which is out next Wednesday, could be a, an interesting indicator if the rate ticks up again, it's at 10.4% right now, incredibly high, that might undermine the government's argument that things are getting better. But if we do start to see it come down, I think the government will double down on, on its, uh, its perspective that they just can't hand out pay raises at that level. And James, you've written about this as well extensively, the 35% pay rise that junior doctors are asking for. The BMA have calculated that they have lost 26% in real terms and they want to account for inflation. Do you think do you think junior doctors deserve a pay rise? Do you think they deserve anything, whether it's 35% or anything less? You have to start by getting the right figures. And that, that BMA figure is calculated on the basis of the RPI inflation index, which has largely been abandoned by essentially by everybody except trade unions trying to negotiate pay deals. So the 
the Office of National Statistics, Statistics stopped using it in 2017 because they said RPI is not a very accurate way of calculating inflation. They would say you should use CPI or CPIH. Now, if you if you re, if you rerun the junior doctors' numbers on that basis, you come out come to the conclusion that they have seen their pay. Uh, decline in real terms by probably about 15, 16, 17, 18 percent, depending on when your start point is. So first of all, you've got to start with a more realistic uh, analysis of the numbers. I mean, do, do they you know, do they deserve a pay rise? Well, I mean, everybody deserves a pay rise. Uh, you know, the, the inflation that has, that has eaten into everyone's real real incomes uh, affects everyone. So in, they they are as deserving, I think, as a lot of other people. Um, so I'm kind of wary of getting into the whole question of desert or not. I mean, more, I'm pretty more interested in, in the degree to which you know, you know, the various remedies are are affordable. And I, you know, I certainly don't think it is realistic to increase junior doctor pay by by that sort of magnitude. And Kate, you've also written about this this week um, with the uh, looking at so the amount that junior doctors earn and um, the figures that are being portrayed by the unions themselves. And you've you said in your article there seems to be a bit of a discrepancy between this you know, 14 pounds an hour and and what what people who are classed as junior doctors are actually seeing on their paychecks can you tell us a bit more about that well there's certainly a discrepancy if you've been following the debate over the past week and indeed the past few months you've you've heard comparisons of junior doctors pay to those of of somebody uh, serving coffee in Pret-a-Manger now as it happens i i find that attack line in and of itself quite crude and a bit snobbish frankly but let's put that aside you know is it true and and i think to your to your bigger point here lucy about you know what doctors deserve to earn there are two questions here what are they actually being paid right now and the second question is does that pay justify the record level of industrial action that they're taking right now the the longest walkout in nhs history um and for the magazine this week i, I break down these figures and actually if you look at the real data from 2022 published through the government in the NHS, you see that a first-year doctor is earning, on average, roughly £37,000 a year. For a foundation year two doctor, your second year, that jumps to £43,000 a year. So we're talking about 10 grand higher than the average salary in the UK. By the time you're getting into your third, fourth, fifth year, you could be on a salary of upwards of £60,000. I think doctors should be paid well. I also think it's difficult to argue with those figures, and those are the real figures from 2022, that this is a dramatic underpaid role, especially when you consider their pension on top of that, which is a 20% employer contribution. And let's remember who the employer here is. It's, it's the state, it's the taxpayer. And then the prospect of lifetime earnings. There's a reason that the lifetime allowance was abolished in the last budget to get more doctors to stay and work. It's because most professions can't imagine hitting that lifetime allowance of a million pounds. Doctors can. So those are the figures. And then I think you have to ask yourself, do those figures justify the radical action that's been taken? And, you know, the the numbers from the Office for National Statistics out yesterday are horrifying. We're looking at a huge spike in excess deaths, about three times the number back in March when the junior doctors were striking compared to several weeks before. I think it is impossible to argue that these strikes aren't having an impact on fatalities. These are lives we don't get back. I mean, it's horrible to wrap your mind around, but that's the reality of what's happening. And I'm not sure that this 
level of, of industrial action is justified at a time where we have record high waiting lists on the NHS, where we are putting patients in danger. I would like to see junior doctors be paid more, but we have to have a really serious conversation about why they're paid better in other countries, the systems they have there, the private resources that we can bring in in those other countries that allow for a better work-life balance and for better pay. Until we're willing to discuss all of that, it's very difficult to see how this request of 35% pay increase could ever really be seen through. I think you make a good point there about junior doctors in other countries and what they earn and, and also what their working conditions are like. You know, I've seen myself, I'm uh, studied medicine and all my peers are considering leaving the country, leaving the NHS to work in Australia, to work um, further afield abroad because the working conditions, the lifestyle over there is so much better than, than the conditions that are facing here. And I suppose one of you know, one of, one of the maybe you could say the positive aspects of of the focus on on the strike action just now is that attention has been drawn to the poor working conditions that doctors do face. You know, I've talked to a lot of people who have, um, they've you know the stress that they're under the. And so if they talk about burnout, they you know they they have to deal both with physically demanding work, their very long shift patterns, but also the emotional demands put upon them as well. It's a very very difficult job, and I don't think, as you said, I don't think anyone thinks that junior doctors. Like don't 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 deserve to be paid well, but I suppose the the broader point is about NHS maybe reform as a whole and and how and how the system needs to change. And it's not just about pay here; it's, it's about a whole fresh look at our health service in the country. Absolutely, I think it's impossible to not empathise with the dangerous conditions that these junior doctors are often put in. It's deeply unfair. I suppose my frustration these past few days is that there's been a lot of talk about the market rate of junior doctors and making that point, Lucy, that you know they'll go abroad because they can earn more money. We have deliberately, by consensus in the UK, decided not to have a market rate for doctors. We don't have any kind of competition, no meaningful competition in healthcare. People praise the, ex- the nationalized, extremely centralized nature of the NHS. And you can do that, but frankly, we, we know it's been proven it, it turns out to result in worse conditions for doctors and patients. I, I would love to have more resources to pay doctors and nurses and NHS staff better. But, um, you know, I think it's quite disingenuous on the part of a lot of these debaters at the moment to talk about market rate when, you know, they're also arguing that under no circumstances can we really talk about meaningful reform. James, you know, right now there's a standoff happening between the government and, and the BMA, the Doctors' Union. What do you think is the best way forward on the, on the side of the, the government as well? Do you think that they could be doing more or do you think there's a, there's a different way of, of approaching these, these pay disputes? I don't know what will unlock this. I wonder whether or not the, you know, the an idea that Kate um, floated in her column this week might gain some currency, which is the, the suggestion of trading some pension contributions later in the junior doctor's career for some pay uplift today. Um, I, 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 I've heard that from a couple of people near the process. I don't know whether or not that, that, that will unlock it. I think the other the other uh, sort of the interesting players in this game are not the junior doctors or the, uh, the government. I think they are the more senior members of the medical community. I've heard from a few more experienced medics in various bits of the the medical establishment who are very, very uneasy about the way the Junior Doctors uh, Committee of the BMA has approached all this. They think the Junior uh, Doctors Committee 
uh, has been too militant, too radical, and is jeopardizing uh, the whole relationship between the medical profession and government and the public. And I do wonder whether or not there is some behind-the-scenes pressure that can be exerted by the the more senior elements of the, the medical profession on the juniors to come to some sort of compromise. But uh, that's you know pure pure speculation on, on, on my behalf, I should say. I don't, I don't know that's happening, but the tenor of my conversations with some, some more senior doctors suggests that they are, they are very keen for this to be resolved. Yeah, and I think, I think that's a very interesting point. When I was walking past some of the strikes in London, I kind of was talking to some people on the picket lines. Interestingly, there were some consultants that had come out in their, on their breaks, the consultants that were covering the emergency departments and they were covering um, the wards that, that, were, that were unmanned, essentially, um, due to the strikes. And there's definitely some solidarity. You can see that, absolutely. But at the same time, I think there's sort of the general consensus amongst NHS bosses as well as consultants and people higher up essentially is that, that these strikes do need to come to a conclusion soon and particularly if we want to avoid both nurses and doctors walking out at the same time. Lucy, can I ask you a question? I'm, I'm really curious as to the extent that sort of the, the current narrative of the strikes reflects the majority of junior doctors because it can so often be the case that a, a loud minority takes over the narrative. But my suspicion is that a lot of junior doctors want to be back in hospital. I mean, they they are wedded to the job. They are passionate about the job. They care about their patients. For a lot of junior doctors, this this must be a really difficult process. It's not that they it's not that they don't necessarily support the strikes, but also I, I imagine for a lot of them, you know, they're not enjoying this. There's there's nothing about this that you know that they particularly want to extend. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, it's very difficult for a lot of junior doctors. The ones that I've spoken to have said, you know, they, 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 they care about their patients. That's why they're in the job and they don't want to be putting anyone in, in harm's way. There, there's definitely some difference of opinion about the way that the BMA have gone about both the, the campaigning. Um, you talked about comparing the junior doctor salaries to salaries of baristas earlier, um, but also the hardline stance that the junior doctors committee and the co-chairs the junior doctors committee um have taken you know obviously there's always been split opinion on the best way to move forward with these things i've spoken to doctors who say they absolutely feel that they deserve a pay rise that they need a pay rise um but that the 35 percent figure they find is impossibly high and and for a lot of people they kind of struggle to to, to, to push for that when they can see their you know their co-workers their colleagues in nursing um you know, they, they, they were asking for, for far less. And I think it's quite difficult um, on a sort of an empathetic level to to really get to grips with the messaging just now. So there's, there's definitely sort of a split opinion um, amongst BMA members as well as, as um, the consultants and other hospital workers. It's really interesting. Thank you, James. And thank you, Kate. And thank you for listening to Coffee House Shots this week. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, then why not come along to our Coffee House Live Coronation Special event on May the 10th. Fraser Nelson, Katie Bulls, and Camilla Tomney, Associate Editor of The Telegraph, will be discussing the coronation of King Charles III and what it means for the United Kingdom. The event's from 7pm at the Emmanuel Centre in London, and you can book tickets at spectator.co.uk forward slash coronation.